Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a psychologist, an accredited advanced gender, sex, and relationship diversity therapist, a sex and intimacy coach, and I've spent the last 30 plus years working with people to help them create and maintain incredible relationships containing sizzling sex and without shame. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time, and this week the letter is S, and S is for slut-shaming. Joining me this week is the CEO of Wandering Words Media, the incredible Cat Wanders, who is a best-selling author, a speaker. She's been on CBS, NBC, ABC, and she's written some incredible books, including the one that I wanted to, that inspired this show, which is Moving Beyond Slut-Shaming. Living an Unedited Life, right up my alley. Welcome to the show, Kat. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here. Let's just dive in. This is because this is, we seem to think alike on lots of things. Talk to me about what inspired you to write this and what you think is important about kind of reclaiming that, that concept of slut and moving beyond all the shame? Well, I've been, well, I, I guess technically I'm still a sex coach, but <laughs> I have been dealing with a lot of clients for, I mean, about a decade now. I don't have as much experience as you do, but to be honest, um, coaching is not necessarily where my heart is anymore. Mm-hmm. Writing is really where my heart is. And um, I've really seen some amazing results with people overcoming guilt and shame and things like that. So, I moved into sex coaching from just overall life coaching because I realized that was really where my niche was um, for reasons I won't get into quite yet. Maybe it'll come up later, but like my own history, but really getting rid of the victim vibe behind Mm -hmm. sexual trauma, rape victims, things like that. um, And just really helping people take power of their sexuality. And boy, some interesting stuff came up (laughs) in those years of coaching. And so I started compiling some follow-ups to some of my books. My yoga books were doing fairly well. And I finally realized, you know, like sexuality is really my specialty. And I think I'm ready to start putting it out there into the literary world. So there's a whole series of books in the living and unedited life genre. But my biggest focus is usually sex, relationships, sexuality, things like that. Um, I'm obviously very open and uh, encourage people to be that way if that's how they want to be. If they don't, that's fine. But um, one of the biggest things that came about through all this is just the concept of slut shaming. It's so prevalent in our culture, even though we're being fed sexuality from all sides everywhere. Sex is what sells. It's in our faces constantly. But if you embrace that, you tend to get slut shamed. So uh, that's the inspiration behind that book was definitely... (laughs) a lot of my own experience, a lot of my clients' experience, and just really trying to take the fear and judgment out of sexuality. And it was kind of a follow-up to another book called Sexual Empowerment, where I'm encouraging people to take their power back. And that was sort of what came up after a lot of people had read the book, they worked with me and they're like, well, now everyone just thinks I'm a slut. And it was kind of one of those like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but it's not that simple. It's not simple to just say, who cares if people think you're a slut? Like, we need to get rid of the whole concept of slut shaming to begin with, because sex is healthy. And yeah. if you want it, you should go get it. <laughs> okay, I agree with that 100%. I mean, this is certainly an area that I spend a lot of time with people on, um, and the idea of shame and authenticity and being able to be who you are. Um, and it, it, being open because you want to be open, not feeling a need to be shut down because that's what society is demanding of you. And I do think that we really give people such horrible dual messages and such horrible conundrums where, you know, at the same time that we're telling them, um, you know, we're bombarding people with sex, as you said, but we're also, you know, these days telling people a lot more about sex and relationships. And it's cool to think about alternative relationships and all of this. And this is what people are being given. But when people choose to live their lives, according to the things that they're seeing, they still run into that wall. Um, mm-hmm. And they still run into that wall of judgment. And um, it, particularly around sex, slut shaming is 
alive and prevalent just about everywhere. Um, and, and actually being able to address that directly isn't very easy, I don't think. No, no it's definitely not. And I mean, you can, you can preach till the cows come home about how we need to stop doing this, but it's not actually, I mean, it's not going to stop anytime soon. Really what it comes down to is coming into your own power and you basically have to just stop caring what other people think because once you stop trying to be something you're not or trying to put on a certain face to the world, that's when it actually becomes easier. So like this was a big challenge for me being in the professional world because I started up a book editing company. And I mean, with my history, I mean, I'm the bisexual polyamorous. I, I, have, a, I have a high sex drive. Let's just, we'll leave it at that. And I'm, I'm great with that. And uh, not everyone is. And I did not necessarily put that out there for all to see until fairly recently I decided to like really own it. And it's great for me, but I would love to be able to help other people come into that for themselves. But also it's a matter of choice because some people, they don't want that. And that's okay too. Like I, I had a friend who was being shamed by his polyamorous friend because he wanted to be monogamous. And they're like, well, you're not, you're not evolved because you're not polyamorous. And I tried to explain to him like, honey, if you want to be monogamous, that's great. Be monogamous. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's all about choice. Like if polyamory doesn't work for you, that's okay. If you don't want to be a slut, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> like, it's, it's not like I'm saying this is how you have to be, but I'm saying if this is how you want to be, own it. I, I mean, I think that's so important. I talk about this a lot. I was doing um, a talk earlier on um, Moan, which is a, um, it's a sex positive version of Clubhouse. Um, and it was non-monogamy A to Z. And, um, you know, one of the things that I said was that it, for me, it's about choice. I'm not pro any particular relationship style. I happen to be polyamorous, but I'm not pro polyamory or pro non-monogamy. What I am is pro choice, that you make the choice that you want and that's going to work best for you. And that actually it's harder to choose monogamy than people think because we're indoctrinated into it. So you've actually got to get yourself a little bit unindoctrinated in order to make a choice. But that that's the issue is that people are shamed now. And I've seen tons of this. People are shamed now for not being sexually free, for not having multiple relationships, for not being into kink and BDSM. So Mm -hmm. you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And the whole idea of, I don't care what people think, it's actually a hard one for people to get their heads to wrap around. I mean, I, I think when I hit 50 was when I decided, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> Why? Do, I, I don't care. And, um, and so over eight years to now, I mean, there's a lot. I, I wrote an autobiography, um, a memoir, you know, and um, it's an erotic memoir. So there's a lot about my sexuality and my relationships out there that I was happy to have out there um, because I no longer cared what people thought. You know, if, if you don't approve, I don't care whether you approve. I'm not asking for your approval. I'm living out loud. And but I'm not. But I think there's also that thing about when you, whether you're living out loud or you're living out loud and being in someone's face. Yeah. And that's also a part we don't talk about. Like, I'm not in people's faces unless it's appropriate to be in people's faces. Like, you don't want to know about it. I'll say, well, then don't look at this and don't look at that and don't read this, right? You know, oh, you're not interested in knowing this about me? Well, then don't go read the book. Yeah. Simple. That's a really fantastic point because I've often been known for oversharing. And and it took, I mean, yeah, it took several decades to kind of, figure out like, I'm going to share as much as I want in these circles. And, you know, I don't have to like put it all out there. I don't, I don't hide. That's something I'm really adamant about, like having multiple partners. Uh, One of my partners is trans and she was like, she'd already gone through so much coming out in the trans community. And she was a very, what is a very famous author. So that was like a big thing for her. And then all of a sudden, well, now I need to come out as polyamorous. (laughs) So just the matter of hiding was really hard for her because at first she thought, well, we don't need to broadcast this. And then quickly we realized like, well, 
not broadcasting feels like uh, what is the line between not broadcasting and then hiding? Like there is a line, but you have to find it for you because you don't, you know, you don't have to walk down the street naked. Like (laughs) that's not necessary. And like, I have, I actually keep my body pretty covered when I'm out in public, but then, you know, there's like kink clubs that I can go to and I can just bear all. So it just kind of depends on setting comfortability. And even though I do believe that you shouldn't have to hide anything about who you are, I do also pay attention to what makes other people uncomfortable. Cause if a sweet little Mormon girl down the street is going to be super offended by stuff I'm up to, I'm not going to rub that in her face because that's her comfortability level. So that's a really important point. We're just heading for a break in a second, but I want to pick that up. It's something that I've been around consent, talking around consent. I've been raising with people recently is that we need to look at where we have consent and that when we're in public, people don't necessarily consent to see our sex lives, our lifestyles. Um, and the ways in which we might be different from the norm. And so we need to look at where do we actually need people's consent for the things that we do. So I can dress how I want to dress. That doesn't require their consent. They can like it or not like it. But I'm not going to you know, be walking around um, on a co- with a collar and a lead in front of people where I don't have their consent. Because mm-hmm. for me, that's where the line is. Like it, it, that would be involving them in my kink and that's non-consensually. And I think that's probably not okay. I think that's not okay. Um, we're about a minute out. So well, let's come back after a couple of minutes of words from our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Do you have questions about sex and intimacy? Many are too embarrassed to ask, but we've got to know the answers, right? That's where the A to Z of sex comes in. Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee explores every aspect of sex, intimacy, and more. Find out the real answers with Dr. Lori Beth and her expert guests. We also hear from individuals who have experienced the issues we talk about. No matter your gender, sexual preference, or desire, you're welcome here. Learn your erotic ABCs by listening every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it is S is for slut shaming. And I'm with the incredible Cat Wanders. And we were talking right before the break about where that line is between hiding and um, causing people discomfort where it's kind of unnecessary. And I think it's kind of a difficult one. You know, it's, um, it does help when you don't care. Right. When you're at that place where you don't really care what people think. Um, I care what people think in as much as their comfort. I don't care what people think 
as to whether they approve of me. And I think maybe that's the, the, the dividing line that I make. I don't want to make somebody uncomfortable for the sake of making them uncomfortable. I, I left that behind when I was a teenager. <laughs> that was the time of my life where I really, you know, felt like a need to push people's noses and things. But um, now I am definitely more aware of what people have discomfort with in, in general in public and, and kind of where that line is. And I, I do think it's um, it's a difficult dance, though. Oh, I absolutely agree. And I think that's actually a really good point you just made about um, the line being not necessarily like if they approve but if they're being made uncomfortable, because I mean, in like in any sort of BDSM situation, if you're making your partner uncomfortable, that's where the line is. So why wouldn't it be the same with strangers? And yeah, I absolutely agree with that because I, I have had many conversations with one of my partners who thinks it's interesting that I keep my body fairly covered in public. And she said, well, the human body shouldn't be covered. I'm like, that depends on who you ask. And if, you know, seeing my double D's on display is going to make the lady at the grocery store cringe or think that she's losing her, her husband. Like that, that's not, <laughs> that's not what we're trying to do here. Like there is a time and place for certain things. And if you are honest to God, making someone cringe on the inside, I don't necessarily think that's, I, I don't like to use the word healthy or appropriate, but I don't necessarily think it's nice. It's not nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's not nice to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I think I think one of the areas that we we end up having problems with on this sort of stuff is like is figuring out again where's a line where their prejudice is a problem, right? Like some exactly. okay, so use as an example, there are some people who think that people from different races or cultures shouldn't be seen in public. Period. Right. Right. There, actually, I don't care what they think, and I'm going to be seen because I am me, and I have a right to to, to be in my space. That's one mm -hmm. thing versus versus the person who's just uncomfortable with nudity. And if it's not, if there's no purpose to my nudity, is there a reason for me to be nude? Right. Like, like breastfeeding shouldn't for, to me should never be an issue. And if it makes you uncomfortable, you need to go deal with that because if someone needs to feed their child, they need to feed their child. Right. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's where I would say hiding is, it, it would be a bad thing, but just having bare breasts for the sake of having bare breasts. Well, if you have, you know, why, what is it? Do I think that it's right that the body be, that the, the lots of people think the body should be covered? Well, no, I don't. I think it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a bit parochial that that view, however, they have a right to their own view. And then the question is how much, how much um, disruption do I want to cause? when I know that I'm causing disruption and what the purpose is. And I think part of it for me is, is that there's so many other fights to fight that uh, why start something that I don't need to start, right? Just like no necess necessity to the drama. Why, why start it? Yeah, that's a really fantastic point, especially to the point of when it's just unnecessary. If we lived in a nudist culture, oh, I would be naked every day. <laughs> like, that would be great. And I have lived in nudist communities, actually. My daughter was raised in a nudist community and it took some adjusting <laughs> when I took her out of there to understand that, oh, okay, so I have to put on clothes when people are coming over and things like that. Honestly, it's an adjustment for me. She's learned that when she brings friends over, she has to poke her head in the door and say, mom, are you wearing clothes? So that's, and I know that I have to have clothes on for her middle school friends. So <laughs> there's, there's a line and yeah, a lot of it is parochial and a lot of it's learned in our society, but it doesn't change the fact that that's just how it is. However, if, if we're going to get on the other, like other races being like that, yeah, that's a whole, <laughs> that's well, a whole I mean, can of worms that like. But that's, but that's the thing. Those are things that you, that, you know, those are things that, that you don't hide. You don't hide who you mm -hmm. are. Exactly. It, but, but. But actually considering other people's feelings about what you choose to do and how you choose to display yourself is appropriate if you want to minimize um, um, drama in your life and you want to minimize just disruption yeah. and things like that. Um, and so it's sort of when you look at slut shaming, things like that, and that the whole attitude towards women. And I'm going to say women, guys, because it is primarily women, mm -hmm. primarily people who are presenting as women are the ones who are slut shamed. People mm -hmm. who present as male are not, some non-binary folk are, but the vast majority of people who are slut-shamed are people who are presenting as female. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so, you know, when you look at that, that's again, you know, where's the line, right? Yeah. Do I want to fit in with somebody's sensibilities or not? Um, and when women claim their sexuality, there's still very few places where they don't get shamed in some way, shape, or form for it, even in more permissive communities, which I find fascinating. In oh, more perm- I agree. In more permissive communities, you get shamed for the ways in which you choose. Mm-hmm. If you're not choosing what they think you should choose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I get slut shamed in my skydiving community even, and that's probably the most open-minded politically incorrect bunch that I spend time with. And it's, it is by the other women. I have not experienced that from the men there, but um, the men kind of encourage it. The women do not. And it is, it is typically women against other women, but of course there are, there's exceptions. And I talk about this in the book, actually, I talk about slut shaming. I also talk about prude shaming because some people get shamed for having conservative views, but then also I, I even talk about it within like men's rights and things like that. Cause there's so many different issues there, but yes, primarily it is people presenting as women and they're usually being slut shamed by other women. And there's all kinds of degrees in all sorts of areas. It, it's, um, it, it's always interesting to me and in what, what we think is behind that. Like, what do we think leads into it, to why, other women do that to women from my research and i did a lot especially for this last book i think it comes down to insecurities and jealousy for the most part um if you'll if you'll notice the the majority of slut shaming is usually against fit attractive women um i've I've brought up the point that if someone who is older and overweight is displaying their body, they get praised on social media. Whereas like, I'm a big, I'm a big advocate in the fitness community and I have been shamed for showing off my body because I was trying to show off progress in my fitness journey. And I remember, and my mom actually was even one of the ones who had mentioned like, well, it's, you should be covering up like, but what about that weight loss person you follow on Instagram as she's showing off her body even more than I am as she slims down. And she said, well, that's inspiring. Your results are unattainable for most people. So it's not inspiring. It just makes people feel bad about themselves. So um, that was a really interesting thing to kind of grapple with of the generally the more like the, the more traditionally attractive the woman is, the more she'll be shamed. However, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think okay. I think that I, because the reason is because I think that women who are older or overweight who are being shamed in those situations are shamed if they're not on a weight loss journey. If they're on a weight loss journey, if they're conforming to, mm-hmm. to if they're moving towards conforming to um, accepted beauty standards, then they get then you would be shamed more than them. Right. Because they're inspiring because they're moving towards the accepted beauty standard. If they're not, when they're standing there and saying, this is me and I'm proud and I'm fine, then they get shamed to buggery. And there's um, there are a couple of TikTokers um, that I follow that I love to bits that are big women, women who are like completely unapologetic and they're gorgeous and they get shamed constantly. Yeah, that's an interesting point, too, because, yeah, they are on the journey. But you're right. The ones who do own it. And like, they're not trying to make changes. Nope. Yeah. There's, although, although, and so yes, I do actually agree with you on that, but um, they're, they're not as likely to get necessarily slut shamed, but you are right. No, I, they'll, I get, they'll get body shamed. They'll get yeah, body shamed. I've seen comments and it's again, usually from other women who are smaller and fitter than they are. And they'll be like, oh, like it's a, you fat ass and stuff like that. I've seen that on their posts and I'm thinking, wow, that was the whole point of her post is about confidence and loving who you are. And then here's this, you know, 110 pound girl coming in and saying, oh, look, I've had three children and I'm not a cow. You're right. I've, I have absolutely and what, what's interesting that. is What's interesting is why they don't get slut shame because the assumption is they don't have sexual relationships. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's, that's why they don't get slut shamed, because huh. the assumption is, is that who would who would want to be with you and things like that are the kinds of comments that that I that I have often seen. Um, and it's like, isn't that fascinating? You completely de-sex them as a result of the fact that, yeah. that they don't they don't fit into this yeah. narrow standard. So their sexuality goes out the window 
And if they're claiming yeah. sexuality and they're claiming power, then that's worse. But but the kinds of comments are made are are, are body shaming rather than than slut shaming most of the time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Which it's, is yeah, I I agree. It, it's absolutely. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it is quite it is quite bizarre. Um, and and the fact, and I think the point that you make is really important that a lot of this is happening by women. This isn't, you know, if you look at, yes, men do make comments, yes, uh, but they tend to do it somewhat differently. A lot of the very vocal um, shaming that goes on is women to other women. Uh Um, So we're a couple minutes from break and we will be back after some words for our sponsors. We'll pick this up again. See you in a couple minutes. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, clinical trials, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you have questions about sex and intimacy? Many are too embarrassed to ask, but we've got to know the answers, right? That's where the A to Z of sex comes in. Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee explores every aspect of sex, intimacy, and more. Find out the real answers with Dr. Lori Beth and her expert guests. We also hear from individuals who have experienced the issues we talk about. No matter your gender, sexual preference, or desire, you're welcome here. Learn your erotic ABCs by listening every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America. America Health and Wellness. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And it is section three of S is for slut shaming. And I'm with the incredible Cat Wanders. Before the break, we were talking about the fact that um, women seem to be the ones who are doing more of this than anybody else towards other women. Um, and you were saying that um, in your the research you've done, it's been mostly around insecurity that brings this out. Yeah. And I mean, obviously that's all speculation because (laughs) you can never fully figure it out, like figure out what's driving someone. But yeah, a lot of it comes from like, if you really go into the nitty gritty and look deep down behind why they're doing it, it's frequently women with insecurity issues. So like, you know, the, the skinny, small chested girl is going to tend to shame the bigger, large chested girl, the, you know, the bigger girl is going to shame the, the skinnier girl. It's usually what they don't have. They're going to shame on others. And I mean, I can, I can understand when I was younger before I was really, you know, getting in touch with my emotions and my feelings. And I would experience so much jealousy around my partners looking at other women. 
I realized it bothered me the most when they looked at other women who didn't look like me. And that was because it made me feel like, okay, well, what do they have that I don't? Why is that? Why is what you're looking at better? And like, why are you looking at this petite little blonde with blue eyes when, you know, I'm this big Middle Eastern woman with all these big muscles? (laughs) Like it's, it, it, was really hard for me to wrap my mind around. It wasn't until I got older and started to really mature into my emotions and understand that, okay, well, what is jealousy? Why is it there that I've been able to overcome it to an extent, (laughs) to an extent, I'm absolutely not perfect. It doesn't matter how open you are. Jealousy will always still come up, but, but yes, insecurity, I think is the main reason or not. I think I really have, good reason for believing that most of it comes from insecurity and sometimes people are just unhappy with how things are going and they want to complain like sometimes it really just comes down to that yeah i mean one of the fun one of the things i find um interesting when i've seen a lot around women slut shaming other women who are be who are able to do things that they're not able to do and sometimes they're not able to do So, for example, I'm able to have multiple partners. Uh I enabled myself to do that. Nobody gave that to me, right? I enabled myself to do that. But but the perception might be that because I had an easier time in one part of my life, it meant that I could devote the time to becoming comfortable with this. I mean, I find that an odd thought because I've always been this way. But it's if they feel shut out from. When a group feels shut out from something, it's something they might want, but they absolutely can't have, or they've been told, if you do this, you're going to be punished. If you do this, you're going to be punished. If you do this, you're going to be punished. And they see somebody else doing it, and they're not getting punished. And they're like, why are they getting the candy? And they're not, the bad thing isn't happening. To, and so they create that bad thing, right? Mm. Because they would have wanted that, and they can't so there i see a lot of that it's like what stops you from doing this well because i I couldn't i couldn't possibly yeah yeah that's a great point and there's also like religious beliefs Mm -hmm. like being raised in an orthodox religious environment i mean i was taught that this stuff was not okay and i believed that so i i believed that i needed to tell other people like you shouldn't behave this way and then eventually as my sexuality really started budding and it started early for me, I was realizing, oh, this is bad. And then finally I thought to myself, well, why is this bad? So I think, yeah, a lot of people in my like religious community were like, this is, we need to do an intervention. It's almost like if you see someone, you know, who's destroying their life with drugs, you think you need to help. That's actually where I think some of the slut shaming comes from. But I mean, taking a different approach than shaming someone, but in their mind, they think they're actually doing the person a favor. Well, and also I think that that a lot of of stuff starts personally. So there's a lot of such shaming that people do to themselves. There's uh-huh. a lot of there's a lot of shame accumulated around sex. And I think you know, as you describe being in a religious community, you know, if you you've been brought up believing that something's bad, and now you're having those feelings, that there's a lot of self shame that goes on. And um, and when it gets too much, people do tend to turn it outwards. It's like I feel miserable about this. Why is you're not allowed to feel okay about this, right? Because it, yeah. it's this is this is causing me so much pain, and frequently people don't even realize where the morals come from, where the strictures come from, where the the rules have come from, and and many times they don't make any sense either. So yeah, that doesn't agree. help. Yeah, and that comes down to the insecurity thing. Is like if they if they believe that something's not okay and they don't think people should be allowed to have it then they have these insecurities when they see people you're right not being punished for that like what do you mean you have multiple partners and it's okay well polyamorous relationships don't ever work like that's not true (laughs) you know what monogamous relationships don't usually work either (laughs) so i I think it's just more important to say relationships are hard to make work and leave it at that right it doesn't matter what style yeah Uh, and then also like what is a relationship working just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it didn't work mm -hmm. it just stopped being the right thing for that time like that's okay too i just the whole idea that maybe what was that such an important point yeah like this whole idea that you need to find your one person you pair off and you're only with that person for the rest of your life and it has to be perfect. That's such an antiquated idea. I mean, relationships are fluid. And so if you choose not to make one work, I mean, I do think it's common in our culture to bail early, 
when maybe you could have held on longer and made it work, but there's, there's no one there, there's no need to force something to work forever if it's not. So just because you, you grow as people, like both of you will grow as people or all four of you, however many people are in the relationship, everyone's going to grow and change. Sometimes it doesn't go hand in hand anymore. And that's absolutely okay. But that's a that's a separate <laughs> that's a separate thing. It, it is, but it's also an important point. I mean, I I always find it interesting that again, you know, these are the things that I think these are the things that we inherit that that lead to lots of shaming experiences, not just slut shaming, but lots of shaming experiences are these rules and these very sort of stringent rules. And a lot of times, people don't know where the rules have come from or why they're there, um, and they haven't really thought them through, <laughs> you know. Sometimes a relationship should end, right? Sometimes it's just not, sometimes it was, it worked for a while. It was there for a purpose. Other times, you know, it was just never a good fit to begin with. And, and the facility for it to end needs to be there. And people need to be able to, to be allowed to make that decision together without other people giving them a bunch of shit because they're making that decision um, or, or, you know, trying to enforce a long-term relationship in a situation when it, it it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think a lot of this is around what our belief systems and our ability to see people different than we are and accept them as okay too. Yeah. Yeah. One of my teachers always says, if you take fear and judgment out of the equation, how would you, how would you then act? Or in some cases, like some people say fear and shame, things like that. And it's a lot of times people are thinking, okay, fear and judgment. Like if you want to be sexually involved with this person and you take the fear and the judgment out of it, would you still be intimate with that person? Well, I think that's your answer. And sometimes people might say, no, I wouldn't still be intimate with that person. (laughs) And in which case then, you know, you need to reassess some things, but personal choice it all comes down to personal choice and even though i am like in my relationships with people i do not sleep around currently i um i I sleep only with the people that i'm in my relationships with but because people think often like oh so you just sleep with whoever you want like well actually technically i do because i only want to sleep with these certain people but like it would be okay if like i have no judgment on someone who does want to have multiple partners one night stands like if that's what you want there's who are we to tell you that's not okay. You make your choice. And if it really makes you happy, then I don't see any reason that if you take fear and judgment out of the situation that you wouldn't be left with, okay, I feel good about this. It's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I've noticed recently is there's, um, there's a whole, so we've got the puritanical sort of old fashioned morality stuff of saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't have one night stands. You shouldn't have multiple partners. You know, if you, if you're, if you act on your sexual drives, you're a slut and that's bad. Right. Um, but we, there's also a kind of more new agey group that do the same things, the talking about who you share your energy with and your energy dissipating and all of this. And it's fascinating to me to hear this because I've had people like argue about, well, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be with those. You shouldn't have said, no, you, you know, your, your energy is dissipating and, and, um, and you, you're going to die younger. That was what I, somebody told me I was going to die younger. I thought that was fascinating. Um, and also you're going to um, devalue all of your future relationships. And I, I just was, where does that come from? But it's kind of a new version of, no, 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 you shouldn't have sex with more than one person. Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah, well, you absolutely are. Yeah, I swear. That is I- such bullshit. Like, I just, oh my gosh, I did another podcast. I can't remember what podcast, though. Oh, it was on the stream of David. Okay. I did another podcast about spiritual bullying on that one because I left the religious community and I found spirituality. I'm like, oh, this is so wonderful. Everybody's so accepting. And then I spent a few years thinking, okay, well, this is worse. (laughs) This is, this is worse. And yes, the who you share your energy with. I had a yoga teacher tell me that, you know, every time you have sex with someone, you're energetically connected to them for five years. Oh, you want to be connected to that many people? I'm like, 
for the rest of your life was what this guy that we were on a panel together and this guy was saying oh and you're energetically connected to them for the rest of your life and if it wasn't good and if it was a one night stand and if they're not a good person this was my favorite bit if they are not a good person and you don't know that because you had a one night stand with them assuming that of course you don't know anything about someone you have a one night stand with which is a false assumption guys Indeed. some people actually choose to know a lot about somebody before they have a one night stand. But in any event, that you would be tainted by their bad energy and their bad acts for the rest of your life. And therefore, you needed to not have sex unless you were in a committed long-term relationship. And I was like, okay, which Christian sect did you come out of before you, yeah. you, you came up with this stuff? So we're a couple of minutes for break. Um, we'll be back with the last segment after some words from our sponsors. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Addiction. It's something many of us face. It can be nearly anything. Food, sex, alcohol, cannabis, heroin, or dependence on prescription drugs like pain pills, Xanax, Clonopin, or Ativan. Dr. Patricia Halligan hosts Recovery, The Hero's Journey. This groundbreaking program explores the many facets of addiction, including expert observations, best practices to help patients, and treatment options. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is the A to Z of Sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of Sex. Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is part four of S is for Slut Shaming with the amazing Cat Wanders. And before the break, we were talking about the fact that slut shaming doesn't necessarily come from the conservative side of 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 life from people with conservative values or mores that there's actually quite a bit of stuff that comes out of various um, more new age and spiritual communities. And that this seems really to be a very individual view as to what it's acceptable for someone else to do in terms of sexual partners. Indeed. <laughs> and as, as like we were actually when we were chatting on the break and I was saying, this is a big can of worms for me <laughs> because I did spend a lot of time in the kind of new age spiritual community. And I did to an extent leave that community because there's there, I, I have my own personal issues in there, but there were two major sides of the coin I noticed. And it was either, well, you need to be the free loving hippie sleep with whoever you want all the time. And there should be no relationships, no boundaries, you know, just be here now, man, kind of attitude. And then there's also the, 
concept of, well, your energetic connection is yours. And if you orgasm, you're giving your energy away. And, you know, men need to like, keep their sperm. There's all this stuff about like, you need to be celibate. And I, I actually lived at an ashram in India for a long time where everyone there was celibate, celibate and the men and women were separated and they were, they were trying not to tempt each other. And none of those people seemed all that happy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, and it's for those who were actually, you know, ace, that's, that's great. Like that's, if that's actually what you want, fantastic. But I, for the majority, I do not feel that stifling your sexuality is helpful. Well, and it's also to me, and I mean, this is a this is a whole nother show someday, but it is a misunderstanding. I've spent a lot of time in a variety of different spiritual communities and teachings Uh for many years. And it is a misunderstanding of a lot of the concepts. The whole Uh idea that one would be celibate forever or one would withhold sperm forever is a misunderstanding of a lot of 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 concepts Um, doing deprivation for periods of time has a value and a reason. But deprivation permanently usually does not unless you are entering a monastic situation. And that's a totally different thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting to me, though, that this is it, it's people are so judgmental on this area. And don't recognize it. You know, there's a reason that the reasons that they give for why you shouldn't do this, the reasons you should be ashamed of yourself are really actually about what they feel about sexuality personally. I have of the firm belief that this is about being threatened by sexual energy and sexual power, that many people find that threatening because it can be overwhelming or it can feel out of control. And because um, if you have not worked on um, your impulsive side and you have not learned to take stock and make decisions, you can get into a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. And it's, especially if you have an addictive personality, there's like, Oh, there's so many factors there. It's, uh, Every situation is so different. I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, for me, it's just like one of the common sense things, you know, if you haven't, if you're an impulsive person, then, and, and you're not being careful, then you may not, for example, protect yourself and your partner against disease. And so there are consequences, or you may not protect yourself against pregnancy. If you're somebody um, who is able to get pregnant or may not protect your partner from becoming pregnant because you're being impulsive, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that those sorts of things have very long reaching consequences and very intense consequences. So the prohibitions around sex, well, if you look at where they came from are understandable because the consequences of not controlling your appetites could be devastating and far reaching. So, you know, Let's have a prohibition because that's how we deal with things. And if you look, go, go back to the Old Testament, that's how things are dealt with, right? Let's have uh-huh. a prohibition so that people learn how to, because we can't guarantee people will learn how to control themselves. And I think one of the things in, you know, your progression of books that you're looking at and some of the stuff I do that I'm looking at is actually helping people to gain the skills that they need to make choices, which means having control of themselves, is that we know that people can have control of themselves if they wish to exercise it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> shame is not a good shame is not a good mechanism for control. It doesn't work very well. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. <laughs> I don't even have anything to add on that. You just said that beautifully. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, I do think it's so important because I don't think it's, I don't think people think through where are these things coming from. What when you when you are trying to control somebody's behavior, what are what outcome are you trying to prevent is one of the things that I ask. And it's even if you're trying to control your own behavior, right? What outcome am I trying to prevent? Or what outcomes am I trying to prevent? What's my fear in this? What might happen if I don't control this? Yeah, indeed. And then look at it, but then I'm back at telling people they need to do their work, which is um, definitely one of my soapboxes. Now, one of my partners and I, and actually we have one going on right now, we will occasionally spend a week abstaining from orgasms, uh, marijuana and alcohol, like all of the above. And just because it's something, you know, we both 
partake in regularly. So it's like just to keep that where our mind's at. And I actually love doing that, even though it can be a little painful to, especially when we're together, like when we're traveling and we don't see each other, it's easier. (laughs) But when we're in the same space, avoiding sex for a week is very difficult, but boy, is it worth it at the end of that week. (laughs) That first time afterward is amazing and it's completely worth the wait after that. Oh, and anticipation is a thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's one of the things I'm always saying. It's like, it's anticipation is a, is a big part of our sex lives. And sometimes that's a reason to refrain because, Mm -hmm. um, because we can create more power and, and, and excitement by doing that. Um, But to have it legislated is like, yeah, no, (laughs) why? Um, But it's definitely, it's definitely, I had I had thought that it was getting better and that there was less slut shaming going on, but then I realized that it just took a different form, and and the people who were doing it had changed, um, and that makes me sad. Because um, it, it, again, I mean, I say it again: it's shame is no way to control somebody's behavior, um, mm-hmm. and all it does is create um, harm, and yeah. that's not what you want to be doing. Yeah, and I I completely agree that like the the shaming has just changed it I, as a society. I we're progressing in a lot of wonderful ways. I mean, look at what's happening. Like the, the whole, the concept behind racism is getting better. The trans community is getting more comfortable. We have like the, the whole gender, everything is, we are, we are making progress, but in that it is morphing and it's probably always going to do that. Let's be honest, but like we have a long way to go as a society, but on the brighter note, if you look, back look at how far we've come so instead of like you know shaming ourselves for where we are as a society it's also nice to look at like well you know this is we've made a lot of progress like women can vote now absolutely (laughs) things like that but yeah we're we're getting there so where can people find you and find your books if they would like to um partake where's the best place to find you um, check out catwanders.com and cat is actually spelled Q-A-T. So Q-A-T, wanders, W-A-N-D-E-R-S.com. That's uh, as I've been moving websites all over the place because I'm creating several, but that's the one to find those particular books. Or you can just look up my name on Amazon. But um, the ones based behind sexuality are moving beyond slut shaming and sexually empowered. And then I have a, a couple others on boundaries and things like that that are, oh, and Which then are- there's for Venus, the memoir, the sexual memoir. So, yeah. yeah, which are which also really go and take a look at all of them. Um, thank you for joining me. This has been great. Um, I next week tea is for topping, and um, I'm joined by the incredible Sadistrics. She's amazing. Don't miss this. Um, and we talk about topping and bottoming and um, dynamics and all sorts of fun BDSM related stuff. Um, Look after yourselves. If you want more information, you can find it on drlaurybethbisbee.com. That's the best place to grab information. And right now, um, if you sign up for the mailing list, you can get a copy of the Holiday Gift Guide, which has my recommendations of things you might enjoy for the holidays and afterwards. And I should say that most of the things in there I have tried myself, owned myself, or my close intimates have tried or owned. So I'm not making these recommendations Um, lightly. So I will see you all next week and have a good one.